Hi guys, I am so excited because we have a sponsor for today's episode. This episode is sponsored by Sarah Becker of Becker Talks Money, a financial educator for female entrepreneurs. She believes that money doesn't have to be scary, that curiosity is more important than correctness, and that everyone can become an expert of their own money with just a little bit of help. Twice a week, you can find her on her podcast, Becker Talks Money, where she talks about the money basics you need to know to be a successful small business owner news in the money and business world, trends that are applicable to your bank account, and the best part, all of the podcast episodes are 10 minutes or less. Sarah knows that money is an intimidating topic, and she breaks it down for you in one quick coffee talk at a time. You can find Becker Talks Money wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about her membership courses or one-on-one financial consulting, you can find her on the web at beckertalksmoney.com or on Instagram at Becker Talks Money. Thank you so much for being a sponsor and you guys have to go check her out. She's amazing. Power hour. Guys, I'm so excited. And my community's been like buzzing because there's a lot of Kate Foster, Liz Wilcox fans in the house, you guys. Spoiler, we're all fans of each other. We're like a fan for you guys. No, I'm so excited you guys are here. This is so fun. And I have some questions. People put some questions in. Let me see if I can find that thread. But why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves? I think you're pretty well known and beloved here. But in case people don't know you or they're new, they've been under a rock, under internet rock, and they don't know who you are, just give everybody the intro to you and what you do. You can go ahead, Liz. Wait, I think maybe she's Oh, I'm, I was muted on my actual microphone because I was eating oh, before was... we hit live. Sorry, friends. Hey, I'm Liz Wilcox, and I'm only semi-professional. I teach email marketing, um, and I like to do it with a 90s flair. We love it. We love to see it. This is all of the flair. I'm jealous of your flair, mm-hmm. to be honest. Mm. <laughs> a modest queen. A modest queen. A modest queen. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. And then Kate, what about you? Ukulele queen. Powerlifting yeah. champion. Email Powerlifting champion. Mm-hmm, that's right. I decided to rip 340 pounds off the ground on Sunday and I won the tournament. You won? I didn't see that you won. I won That's it. Amazing. I did. Oh my god! Obviously, you guys need to see this. I have lost <laughs> lots of trophies now, but I won a sweet snowman trophy. That is a sweet. It was squats for oh my god! Right? I've got the rest of my trophies over there. I'm just saying, I don't think that we get ourselves enough trophies. I like Liz you needs a to have. That's what I was going to say. I was like, right? Like both of you need to get yourselves trophies for the amount of members that you have in your amazing memberships. Like we need, or like, I need my seven figure course one. Like we need to buy ourselves more trophies. Everyone. I was just thinking so, like, do I need to send my team trophies? Am I, should I yeah. need to be giving trophies out? Like maybe that's what needs I to am. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, we're definitely going to give out some trophies for the bundle for affiliates. Cause I'm like, what affiliate wouldn't want to. Well, you know that I'm one. like a competitive queen. So if there's like. <laughs> If there's a leaderboard or like prizes involved, I'm like, ooh, <laughs> I don't know what it, it like makes my, it does something to my brain. It's kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> so like tell I, what you do for business though. Sure, for <laughs> business. Being very, very strong. <laughs> Thank you. Cause like I had never done sports. So I didn't realize the power of having an actual trophy looking at you being like, you're cool. I'm like, I am cool. So, Hey everybody. I am Kate Doster of katedoster.com. And it is my soul and soul's mission to prove that nice people do not have to finish last in business. So we do that by sharing some spammer-free sales tips for you. We talk about email marketing. We talk about running bundles. We talk about sales and sales mindset because, you know, I can tell you until you're boom in the face, like use contractions, email your list. But like, if I can't get you to physically hit the send button, then none of it is going to matter. So I try to make things that are intimidating, really approachable and fun. And honestly, not that serious. And I think that it works. Yeah. That's, I feel like we do that a lot in business. It's like, we take simple things and then we make them into, my brain loves to do this. It's like, this is a huge thing. Mm -hmm. This is like a make or break moment. This is going to define your career. (laughs) (laughs) Don't figure this out. (laughs) And it'll be something silly. Like, you know, I don't know, like the topic of the next live event or something. And my brain will be like, this is for sure. Like the biggest deal in the world. 
And I think it's always good <laughs> that perspective of like, it's not that serious. I'm always like, it's, I tell my brain all the time. I'm like, it's just one launch. Mm-hmm. It's just one event. It's just one email. You're going to send thousands of emails. It's just one subject line. And that kind of snaps me out of it. I have a whole bunch of questions people put here for you guys. So you guys want to dive into these? The first one says, I believe in the potential of a low price offer, but in all caps, (laughs) all caps, but I have almost no list. What list size did you need to see traction? I love your thoughts on this, Liz, because you're, I feel like the OG low ticket. Yeah. Well, thank you. I stole the idea from Netflix. Uh, I have a $9 a month membership, which is what Faith is talking about. I'm, well, I love that they said, I love the potential of it. You just have to lean into that potential. You can start with a list of 10. I started, I just happen to have, I think, 800 people on my email list, uh, but I saw the potential and I really had to lean into the patience of an offer like this. So what I find a lot of people doing with low ticket stuff is like, they just don't have the patience. But here's the thing about business. You have to have the patience. It's a long-term game. It's a long-term strategy. Um, Everything is, especially low cost. You're not going to get rich quick. Um, It's always going to take longer than you think, (laughs) right? Something that I tell myself and I have to learn every single day is slow growth is still growth, Liz. Like calm down, slow down. And so like, if you like the potential of a low ticket and you're willing to have the patience uh, to reach the potential, then bada bing, bada boom, maybe try it out. But one of the things I even, I was making little notes. I I wanted to come and bring it today. But one of the things I wrote was like, not everyone should do low cost, right? Like you might need money right now. um, And so you should be doing things and pricing them in a way that gets you money right now. When I started my membership, I did copywriting. And so that was kind of the bread and butter. And I was willing to wait two years to get a thousand people into my membership. I thought, okay, if I can wait two years for $9,000 a month, wow, of course I'm going to wait for that. Like if somebody can promise me $9,000 a month in two years, like that's a whole heck of a lot more than I'm promising myself right now. So I'm just going to work for two years. I'm not going to give up for two years. It didn't take two years. It took about nine months, but honestly, like I believe I'm an outlier um, and that's probably not the norm. And so like I'd say, give yourself a couple years to keep pushing something and you're going to see it. I'm sure, you know, Kate, you've been in the game even longer than mm-hmm. I have. I'm sure you can attest to the patience of it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. So like, you guys know, like we don't necessarily do logical because you've hung out with myself and Faith and Liz for a while now, but like, sometimes you do have to look at the numbers. So if you had posed this question as I need to make $10,000 a month from a $7 product, I've got no email list. Well, we'd be like, Well, the math is not necessarily in your favor. Granted, you could do things like ads and collaborations, like bliss campaigns, like go, 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 go. But I think that having that other revenue source is going to take a lot of pressure off of the low ticket offer. Because in order to, again, make a lot of money with low ticket offers, you either have to have two things. Either you're going to have a volume game. So like lots of traffic and people, and again, build that up. Like I cannot stress how much Liz said she was willing to give it two years. Kind of like people do with like, SEO blog posts, like I'm going to give it, you know, the nine months that really sort of takes off. And then I'll start getting that affiliate income from that SEO blog post to Amazon. Right. And I think that people are aware of that one, but with digital products, again, you can make a lot of money relatively soon. So I think they forget that like, you're going to need some time to build that up and to have that other revenue source. So either you need to have a whole bunch of traffic or you're getting like super strategic as you're growing your audience. And you're like, okay, I'm going to use this low ticket thing to be able to then upsell to the next big product, like upsell to the next big product, upsell the next big product, right? Very like Russell Brunson, like funnily. And then some people are like, oh, well, like I don't have like that mid-tier one or I don't have that high tier one or don't. No, like just be like, okay, like this is what I want to do. Here's where it's going to fit. But I love low tape. I think it's great. Yeah. I love what you said about, you guys were both saying about like your patience game too, right? Mm-hmm. And I always tell them, I always tell my mastermind, like I am- a strategic pessimist when it comes to business and my numbers 
And I just always assume any move I make is going to take longer than I think, be more work than I think it's going to be and cost me more money than I think. And then I'm like, if all that's true, do I want to do it? And then I get my brain on board with like, it's probably going to take a long time, be a lot of work and be expensive. <laughs> like, And it <laughs> actually saves me a lot of drama doing that work up front. So mm -hmm. when I'm making part of my decision-making process is like, if this is hard, takes a long time and expensive, like, do I still want to do it? And then when it turns out, it starts to take a long time. I don't actually freak out because I've kind of got my brain on board with like, oh yeah, we knew it was going to take a long time. Like nothing's gone wrong here. Whereas before I would just be like, oh my God, what if it's not working? I don't know if it's going to happen. This is so much work. What if this is all for nothing? It's never going to happen. I don't know what I was thinking. And I just spent all, basically all my time doing that. <laughs> so I like the idea of like getting your patience game up for sure. Um, Ruby says, how do you get into the mindset to write? I actually love to write, but emails freak me out. By the way, I have your course, Kate. And after three years, I finally worked through it. <laughs> I just well, you need to go back yet. To hence this question. <laughs> there you go. So you Ruby, need to go back to module one. Modules. <laughs> well, Ruby, how do you advise to like start writing one. this stuff? All right. Ruby, you need to go back to module one because we talked about mindset. And that's why I say it's a, an email marketing sales mindset mega course, but it's okay. I love the fact that you're brave enough to answer this question, like really just to ask it. So what, the only like piece of advice that I'm going to give you, and this is truly all that you need, Ruby, whatever you talk about. So I don't know if Faith knows off the top of the hand what Ruby talks about. I don't know if she's one of your girls from the mastermind. I don't, you know. the top of my head. She just came into the mastermind. She's been a Ooh. community member of mine forever. I nice. just finally came into the mastermind. Smart move with a mastermind, week, I think. but ooh, right. So like, I'm just going to make it up Ruby and say that like what you help with is we'll just say it's like ukuleles, right? Like you teach kids how to play. I need you when you are writing your email and when you're hitting send that you are talking to your best friend who is just as obsessed with ukulele playing as you are. Like, I want you to geek out. So I'm going to use Liz as an example. I know for a fact, Liz loves Survivor. It is her favorite show ever. Like, don't talk to her when it's on. It's not going to happen. Like, you cannot get a hold of Liz during Survivor, right? So I want you to go in with that same, like, oh my goodness, like we freaking love this, right? Like Liz could talk about Survivor all the time. She's so excited. She's so amped. She's not afraid of getting judged because like, screw those other people. They don't know what a cool show is, right? And so that's kind of the attitude that you need to go into this. I am not going to be annoying someone. I'm not interrupting somebody. I'm talking to somebody who's like, finally, I get to talk ukuleles with somebody today because nobody else in my whole entire life actually likes them. So when you go in with that mindset shift, all of a sudden it's just like, I just get to have a conversation with somebody that's like almost as obsessed as I am with succulent plants, like hot damn. And then they're excited too, because they can feel that vibe. So that's what it is. And remember, no one email is going to make or break your business. Okay. Like if you call people a bunch of like really mean, awful, like racially slurred names, maybe, but like, you're not going to send that email. You hang out with us. So like, that's not, that's not really an email that you're ever going to send. So no one email is going to make or break you. Think that they're just as excited about your topic as you are. And then just hit send. It'll be great. Yeah. I used to say that to my team all the time. I would just always say to them if they ever, and they had, they like haven't made a mistake in like years. Cause Rebecca and Kelsey just like never miss. Right. But there was a time where we had a lot of different people on the team and there was like different little mistakes people would make sometimes. And they would feel so bad when they made a mistake. And I would just be like, nothing you do could hurt my business. Like there's just not any, like, this is just so it's fine. <laughs> And I think that's like a really good perspective to have is just like, yeah, like you're going to send out the wrong link. You're going to say the wrong thing. Sometimes you're going to have typos and like, it doesn't really matter. I'm like, this is going to impact like my revenue and like my mission and what I'm here to do and my business, like not at all. Like, and yeah. just always keeping that kind of bigger perspective helps me. What do you think, Liz? Do you have like a, you have like writer rituals or how do you, cause you write yeah. a lot of emails, right? I write, I write, I, well, I actually was just on a webinar with like about a hundred writers right before this. And I oh, get amazing. writer. I consider myself a writer first. Um, my very first digital product was a book. Um, I, I'm a writer. And so I get it when it's like, oh gosh, it feels so like cringy to hit send on something that will never be finished, right? A newsletter is so different than a novel. But even if you've written books, you know, like the book is never done. It's just good enough, right? Uh, you could you could have written for the rest of your life. And so realizing like it's a newsletter, not a novel. 
and going with what Kate said, like this is somebody who signed up. Like what I love about email so much is it is consent-based. I opted in to hear more from Faith. I opted in to hear more from Jeff Probst. If he had an email list, Ooh, I'd be subscriber number one. Okay. He has a podcast. <laughs> I listen to it religiously. Okay. And so though, like, I love what Kate said about like, oh, it's, you know, it doesn't really matter. We're both in this together. We're both have this mutual, mutual interest. And so instead of trying, you know, like just remembering what Kate said, and maybe even on top of that as a writer, like it's a newsletter, not a novel. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. There's no editor coming. There's no like red pen <laughs> and you get to write again tomorrow or next week or however frequently you send emails and you get to do it better next time too. So each one is a little opportunity to like, you know, cozy on in with your best friend and, you know, geek out on your mutual interest and uh, versus like, oh my gosh, this is a novel. Like that's so much harder. Yeah, I, I love, love that, Liz. That's and so I'll good. Just, I'll just add too. Like I used to hate sending email. Like I remember feeling like I was gonna puke. I remember having a hundred people on my list. This is true. And I was like at my day job trying to write an email to them, and I was like, "This is a hundred people are on my email list now." I was like, "I can't like send an email to them. This is just like I was so freaked out." And I for years would be like, oh, "Like oh my gosh," but I think over time, it's just gotten a lot easier. So I'll just throw that out there for what it's worth. It's like mm -hmm. the beginning part is going to be like peak discomfort, <laughs> peak, like feeling scared and feeling cringy and feeling doubt, but it does get easier through practice. So just remember, if you're feeling those feelings, it doesn't mean that you suck or you're not meant to do this, or it's not going to work. It just means like you're doing something new that freaks our brains out. We have dramatic mm -hmm. ass human brains, right? Yeah. That's all that is. So this question Michael is Phelps really long. Did it's not like learn. embedded in a huge, like five paragraph, not five paragraph. It's like got some text to it, but I think I found like the actual question. So I'll just ask you guys like this specific part. Um, it says, how often should I email after the welcome sequence finishes? Should I start off with daily, a few times a week or weekly? Having them all ready to be scheduled in Notion will prevent getting overwhelmed trying to prepare. What do you guys think for somebody that's just starting out and they're trying to figure out what am I supposed to be doing? What do you guys kind of recommend people start with? Like once a week, once a month, once a minute, once a day. I know Liz did a daily. I did a daily email for two years yeah. also at one point. What do you guys think? The only reason why I usually say at least once a week is because it is usually easier for people to be like, oh, I only have to write four emails. And like, that can be pretty sustainable, but like, technically there are no rules. So like, I'd love to hear like what Liz's thing is about this, but I always just say once a week. Um, but I mean, there's, that's like the minimum, like just like once a week, that way it's the four emails that you've got. Again, you're going to have them a notion. It's fine. This kind of goes back to the last question too. Like with like, I just get so nervous about sending emails. Like Michael Phelps didn't learn how to swim by reading a book. He learned how to swim and became a champion by getting in the pool. So like you need to get in the pool. You can listen to myself and Faith and Liz all day long, but until you actually physically do the action, it's not going to get any better. You're not going to get any better. So like I said, I say at least once a week, I'd love to know what Liz thinks, but I mean, you can do way more than once a week, but I think just to kind of get, get your laps in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you want to be like Michael Phelps of email 10 times a day, please. <laughs> no, <laughs> no I, I don't know if you'd have many subscribers at the end of that. Uh, maybe if you were Jeff Probst, I would probably read all his emails. Um, so what I always say is like, you know, uh, going with like Michael Phelps, going to the gym, like if you want rock hard abs, you're not going to go to the gym seven days a week from the start. You're going to pull muscle, like you're going to get sick and then you're going to be, you know, way behind from even when you started. And so, you know, generally, yeah, once a week is good. But if that feels like way too much for your nervous system, I say, you know, at least once a month, just, you know, we drove by the gym today, <laughs> you know, like we opened our email service mm -hmm. provider today. Okay. We're going to go in today. We're going to send that newsletter, right? We're going to go into the gym today. Like, I don't know how much equipment we're touching, but we're going to set, you know, we're going to, we're going to go in, we're going to send that one email. And then from there, you know, you do it a couple of times a month or I'm sorry, you do it, um, you know, monthly a few times and you realize, oh, I have something to say in the middle of the month. Okay, we're going to go back to the gym. We're going to go open up that email service provider again. 
And then, you know, eventually you're going to gain some muscle, right? And it's going to become a lot easier to, you know, quote unquote, like lift up the bar, right? It's going to be a lot easier to just log in and do it because you've created a habit. So if it feels like even once a week, it's like cringy, you know, just start where you are right now. And then, you know, like give yourself grace and just move forward from there. But yeah, once a week Mm -hmm. is a great rule of thumb because you need to stay top of mind. And once a week usually is, you know, as much as you need to stay top of mind. Yeah. If you've got something to say, you can do it more than once a week too. Like, yeah, some weeks I'll send three because I'm very chatty this week. Sometimes I'm going to just send the one. It just sort of depends. Sometimes you're going to run experiments, right? And be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to send some daily emails and see what it's like. For the next two weeks, we're just going to do it. Sometimes you're just having fun with it. So you don't need to take it too, too seriously. You just need to show up. I'll, yeah, I'll add that too. Like I do that. Some so some weeks yeah. they get like one email and some email some weeks they literally get like 10 emails from us. It kind of just depends. A lot of it depends on like Faith's mental health space. <laughs> like what's going on it's in Faith's right. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I'll, I w- was going to say too, just to go off of what Liz was saying, we just did a module in Creator Camp about this yesterday because we're doing a challenge in there. And I really think the giving yourself grace piece is huge. Whatever you pick, the most important thing is you don't then use that to make yourself wrong and beat yourself up and shame yourself over because all that does is like make you feel like shit. And when you feel like shit, that doesn't speed your output up. I'm always like, if like shaming, I'm always like, if shame and beating yourself up, like made you money there's a lot of moms in my community that would be very fucking wealthy (laughs) so I always think like moms are so hard on themselves right and they have the hardest job in the world and they give themselves like the most grief right but all that does is like slow down your output and so in creator camp we were talking about the idea of not worrying about doing it perfectly and executing the challenge perfectly it's like no I know you're gonna miss some days we're doing a really hard challenge they're doing a hundred posts in 30 days I'm like I already know like you guys are gonna fail but I'm like the point is to not ever fail not ever miss a day not never mess up the point is like when you do mess up can you do a quick recovery and like can you just say hey like Mm -hmm. it's okay I'm just going to keep going. And like some posts are better than no posts. And I'm always like a bad email is better than no email. Right. And that's what I've been telling them is like content is better than no content. Always. I have a question for Emily about selling. She says tips for selling all caps. (laughs) I know we have a lot of craft bloggers in the group in general. We're awesome at giving out projects, have big audiences. This is true. They have some huge audiences over 20,000 have excellent open rates, like over 50%. And our people love us. However, the pattern I see is that we just don't sell enough. We usually have $27 to $47 workshops or products around $3 to $19, such as eBooks or SVG cut files. Please give us all your help. (laughs) So what do you guys have like for stuff like that for people that maybe have big audiences, they want to do low ticket, um, but they are not making enough sales? And they well, I think she these, said I it. know who I know exactly who she has in mind talking about this comment and they give away a ton of stuff for free. <laughs> I think she said it. I'm just not selling enough. Period. Don't be a jerk. Like this. Sorry. On her face. <laughs> Stop being but, a jerk. Let people pay you. Right. Do you know that your I mean, audience is probably like feeling bad? Like, oh my goodness, she gives me all this stuff and I can't do anything in return. Stop being a jerk. <laughs> Let them give you money. <laughs> Amen. I, especially in that, like, I also serve a lot of like makers Mm -hmm. and like, it's all, you just have to sell more. Like, you know, if you, every time you send out an email, why aren't you putting in that, you know, $37, $47 workshop or whatever you just said, why aren't you pushing your membership? Uh, You know, especially these hobby people, like we will spend some money on some hobbies. We're not spending money in this industry because y'all are not charging us, right? Like they will spend that, hundreds of, go to the yarn store. Oh, I just bought this, you know, $100 skein of yarn. What? Like that's wild to me, right? That's what I always say. I'm like, crafters spend so much money. I'm like, you all have rooms in your house dedicated to all the shit you buy. <laughs> we have shelves, we have all that stuff. So I love that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, even if you start off like, easy, right? We're talking about, again, we're going to talk about building the muscles a lot. I blame the snowman, right? Even if you have like your normal newsletter that you already have, even like the freebies, start off at literally in like the PS section of your email, 
literally have most popular product of the week. Guess what? You can pick the most popular product, right? It's going to have a picture and it's going to have a button. And then we're going to go with that. And we're going to work our way up to that. So that way people constantly know when they're going to the shop. Like one of my students that was super successful, like crafting genie, that's literally what she does. Right. And she's like, I couldn't believe how easy it was just to sell when you just tell them like, here it is. Right. And I don't think that she's gotten ever back like a mean email, like, how dare you charge for this extra stuff? No, again, most people are really excited to spend money on crafts. You just need to make it a habit. If you need to go so far as to pop into that email service provider that you use, literally go and make a brand new template for your newsletter that includes that shop section at the bottom. Like make it easy for yourself. And some emails that you send are going to be ones that are just dedicated to the class and lesson that you have because you need to think to yourself, man, I know these people love crafting and they are going to be stoked to be able to get this set of cricket patterns. Like, and then label it as premium cricket patterns. They'll be like, they're into it. Like Faith said, they literally have whole rooms dedicated to this stuff. Let them buy things that they think are fun. People deserve fun. Don't be a jerk. Yeah. Amen. I know someone in my membership, they're actually a nine figure business and they are crafters, Deco Exchange. Some of y'all have probably heard of them. They're really big. They're in Michaels and stuff. And they send out emails like he will, the owner will go live uh, making a new wreath. Hey, do you want to learn how to make this wreath or do you want to make a wreath alongside me? 10 bucks to the Zoom meeting thousands, tens of thousands of dollars to hang out in Zoom with with his buddies, right? Like with with his fellow wreath uh, people, right? Like, I don't know what they call themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never made a wreath. But yeah, like <laughs> making sure they just know that you, you have these things available. And I think setting the expectation, especially in your emails. So I always teach in your welcome sequence, you have to tell them you're going to offer them paid products. You set the mm-hmm. expectation. This is why crafters, YouTubers, uh, content creators never make any money, have so many failed launches because they've set the expectation that I give you stuff for free and maybe I make money off ads or you know, maybe I'm an influencer. I don't know. Uh, I haven't told you how I make money, right? But setting that expectation right up front uh, in your welcome sa- sequence saying, you know, I'm going to offer you free and paid products, resources, services, whatever, will flip that switch for them in the back. Like, oh, I, this is somebody I saw on TikTok that's just, you know, making a wreath to, oh, this person is a business. This is a business that can offer me, you know, ribbons and workshops and exclusive behind the scene access. Like, and you, it's just such a f- simple switch, like just free and paid resources. Like if you do nothing mm-hmm. from this hour, maybe go put that sentence in your welcome sequence somewhere. Or like even in your bio on TikTok, you know, mm-hmm. I offer free and paid shit. Come on. <laughs> I love that. And when you give away that free pattern, hopefully you're pulling it from something that's paid. And if you're not anyways, guess what? They've got the pattern. Guess what that second page is? It's a page that's going to link them to a paid product so they can have even more every. So now we're just like built into getting used to this. And you got to ask yourself, like, do I feel guilty asking people for money? Like, so do you, is it a mindset thing that you got to work on a little bit, but it's also doing the physical things like, okay, when they get their free printable of the week, I'm going to make sure that there is a sales page attached to it. So that second one is always like, get more like this, get more like this. Right. Cause like, oh, I've got this really cute little, um, like duck cutout. You're telling me that you have a whole bunch of other animals that are absolutely adorable. Of course, I'm going to go and get them. Yeah. That's what I was going to say too. And that's something I really learned from Kate. Cause I feel like you really were like the first person I saw do that really well, where you were giving out stuff that was like so valuable. She'd be like, all your emails for the year. (laughs) And then then there was always like a sick upsell on the back that I wanted. And I bought all of your small (laughs) offers you've had over the years. Right. But she would always have like a $9, $15, like upsell that went with whatever you got for free. And so think about instead of just putting the link in the email where they just get the download out of the email, send them to an opt-in page, have them opt-in, um, send them to a tripwire page or a sales page on the back end. And then once they do that, you can also put bumps and upsells on that offer as well. And at least that should like help you like start bumping up the revenue if you're already giving stuff away for free anyway. But I also love the idea of like giving little pieces of things and like upselling them into the offer and using it as to promote your offer. And 
I think the doing the tripwire stuff is great, but you do need to think about sending sales emails. And I'll tell you guys, like I used to make, I used to like literally just feel like I could just send stuff to my email list at one point. And we, it was like, we were printing money. It was crazy. It was like, I would just put links and people just bought all the time. Like, and I didn't really have to explain the product that much or even like say much about it. It just was like, I was like, this is crazy. But for me, I've seen a pivot lately where like people want all the information. They want like, they want those sales emails of like, they want to know what they're getting. They want to know what makes it different from other things. They want you to like give them the information so they can make a decision about it. And we've been sending some very long, very direct sales emails. They're not like clever, like, oh, here's some value. And then like, here's a, it's like literally like, I'm going to sell you this product. <laughs> like, this is why I want to sell it to you. Like, this is why I love it. This has been my experience in it. This is how it's helped. These things have helped me and the results my students have gotten. This is what you get inside. And this is what it's going to be like. And this is why you should buy now. Here you go. Right. And just make sure that you give them all of the information and don't be scared of like, I think a good mix of both of like mentioning the products, marketing them that way, but don't be scared to get in there and send some like really direct sales emails mm -hmm. as well. So I let really the, I like what Liz our... said was important. What Liz yeah, said yeah. is important. Like let them know from the start it's free and paid. I'm pretty Definitely. sure in my first email that I sent, and I think Liz probably does it too. Like literally the first one's like, I'm going to sell you things like what a marketer telling you, right. Or anytime anyone signs up for my webinar, I'm like, here you go. And here's the course, the spoiler alert, you're going to hear about it. Right. So just being honest at the very beginning. So that way nobody ever feels like, you know, the rug was pulled out from under them. And if you're like, but I already have this audience of 20,000 people and I haven't sold to them before, let them know that you're going to be bringing up some more paid resources because people have absolutely been loving them and you don't want them to miss out. There you go. Yeah. Now it's a you thing. I think it keeps you in integrity too, right? Because you don't feel yeah. like and weird and gross. And like, I know we all hate like the bro marketer stuff. I kind of hijacked our topic because I let them like do a Q&A because they were all really excited you guys were coming. But I, our topic was supposed to be pricing strategies unveiled, finding the sweet spot for your six-figure success. <laughs> so I do want like to pick your guys' brains on that really quick too. What do you, what do you think about, pricing. I know Liz, your low ticket, Kate, you've always done kind of a mix of both, I would say. How do you advise like people that are starting? If you're like, I want to online business, I want to entrepreneur <laughs> and you're starting from nothing. How do you decide where to position yourself and where to price yourself? And like, what kind of things do you think people should think about in regards to pricing? I'll go first. I have so many thoughts. <laughs> for me, tell me, tell me all the things. For me, <laughs> it just boiled down to who do I who do I love talking to every day, and you know what would get them in the door. Like what price would get them in the door, and you know what price delights me because I matter too. You know, it's like what would be fun for me to charge these people, right? And I realized. You know, I am, I do tend to sell low ticket and by tend, I mean, always <laughs> um, with my digital products. Um, and now I just don't do services because you can pay me enough uh, to take up my brain. Um, so for me, it was like, I love talking to people that most business coaches would say like, oh, they're not ready for you yet. Like, and it's like, well, maybe you mean their wallet isn't ready yet um and so like I actually I had workshops I was very like you know low to high price uh type of person and I, one day I just woke up I said I want to talk to beginners and you know like I I don't mind like speaking of the topic like for your six-figure success like for Liz Wilcox's six-figure success I don't mind talking to a lot of people at once I've probably talked to like close to 400 people today, right? And so for me, low ticket made sense because number one, I wanted to talk to beginners. And in my industry, B2B, like beginners don't tend to have a lot of, you know, disposable income to spend. And number two, I like talking to a lot of people. I, if you can't tell by the frame and the hat and the Grinch suit and the star in front of my name, like I don't mind being the center of attention. 
<laughs> I, I, I did a call yesterday morning that had nearly 300 people on that one Zoom call. That is not for everyone. But for my price point specifically, I need that many people. My main thing is $9 a month. I need thousands of people in order to elevate my family out of poverty. That's not for everyone, right? Yeah. And so when you're really thinking about pricing, I, I love the topic, like the name of this topic, like for your success. Like I just realized, and this email thing, this is my third business. Uh, so I didn't like just come into this knowing, like I had played around with many other different industries. Like I just knew those were the people I wanted to talk to. I knew that I was meant to impact tens of thousands of people with my message. And so I knew, I just knew the price, right? It wasn't a matter of, oh, you know, Kate and I, we do similar things. Um, she's branched out to be like even more amazing. I'm still just talking about email and I love email. Um, but like, I wasn't looking at Kate. I wasn't looking at Faith. I wasn't looking at so-and-so. I was like, what does Liz like to do? And yeah, I mean, period. So thinking about your pricing from like, what does, who do I like talking to and what price makes sense for me and them at the same time? And how many of those people do I want to talk to? That's, that's how I came up with my pricing. Yeah, I think that's really important because I think one of the things I see that trips people up a lot is this kind of thought error of like, if I get the price right, then they will buy and my business will grow and then success. And if I pick the wrong price, then it's I'm never going to be able to sell it. It's not going to grow, blah, blah, blah. And I just always tell everybody, I'm like, low ticket is just as hard to sell as, as high ticket. It's all, I'm like, if it's all hard and there's no magic good price that just works and all of it's going to take effort and focus and delivering at a high level and care and energy, if all of it kind of requires the same, then like, where do you want to be? And not trying to find like, there's no magic price that's like, oh, this is if I price it this, it's going to be super easy to sell. I've had lots of clients that have lowered their price because they're just like, this will be easier or they'll put it on sale. And it's a product that hadn't been selling the way they were marketing it. And then they changed the price and then it still doesn't sell. And so I just want you guys to realize like, it's really not, there's no magic price. And like, I think too, like not being scared to test things. Like I went and sold high ticket for a while and did small intimate groups and I sold um, high ticket one-on-one -on -one, and I could still do that for sure and make a lot of money doing that, but it's not what I like doing. It doesn't mean that's not right for other people. I know many people that do that. And I think one-on-one -on -one is, can be amazing and like really intimate masterminds can be amazing. It's just not what I like doing. So I love that you're like, no, find your success because it really is going to be different for everybody. How did you figure out your pricing, Kate? What was kind of like that process like for you? I think that it, I think that people forget that technically changing a price is as easy as hitting two buttons on your computer. <laughs> Cause I think that it's like finite, like written in stone and like, no, I've got to go get a new stone tablet. Oh man. Until death do us part. Me and this price. <laughs> like, oh man. Right. And I think the most important thing that you're going to get from all of us, even though we all have different stories, right? I always say that Liz and I Hamilton our way out of poverty and it turns out Faith did too. We literally wrote ourselves out. Like we wrote ourselves out. Yeah. And the thing is, is that what I used to charge for copywriting, just like Liz, like there is no amount of zeros in the world that could honestly get me to do it ever again for anybody else, right? Like, I mean, it, infinite amount of zeros. I could, like if, if desperately needed to, I could, but there's going to be a lot of zeros in front when that has to deal with it. And I really want to mirror what you had said, Faith. People just think that the price is the reason why someone's not buying. The reason somebody isn't buying is that your energy is probably not great around the price. Like you need to be able to confidently say like, Liz can say with her whole heart. And I'm like, I want y'all to say it out loud. I know I talk about mindset a lot, but it's the truth. Like I've got a $9 membership, right? And I guarantee you to Liz, the energy to say that, like she is amped, right? She doesn't ever feel like at that price point that she's getting taken advantage of for her skills. And so you really need to make sure that the price point is aligned with how you feel 
about things and how you feel about like giving it away at this price. I think Faith had a really good point. Again, what this pricing comes down to like what business model. And here's the thing. You might have to try out a couple different models until you find it. You might think, oh my goodness, like I want to do like a high end group coaching container. Like that's it. Can you see everyone like they're, they're high tickety hybrids and like all that other stuff. So you'll go, maybe you'll sell it. Maybe it won't sell, right? Maybe you'll have a couple of people go in it. You might find that you hate that business model. So then you're going to go and change, right? To something else. Why? Biggest thing I have raised, I raised the price of Love Realist like four or five times because the value was there. And I always made sure like, is it aligned for what people are getting, right? So that's really important. The audience that you have and also yourself, because you don't ever want to be resentful of your audience. But if you can't like confidently say, and you're going to be like, hey, that sounds like such a slay number. If you can't confidently say it is $12 for my cricket patterns and that is a steal of a deal, right? There's going to be a tone in your voice where you're like, man, like they're getting too much for 12. And there's also going to be a tone where like, oh, it's not enough for 12. You just need to be confident and you need to test stuff out. Again, there's this one person. I wouldn't necessarily do this because I feel it's a little out of integrity, but they're like always running a flash sale on these like bundle of courses. Like it's always that price, but okay. You can go ahead and say it's a flash sale. Like you said, but you can do anything that you kind of want with prices. For me, I think the thing, and this is at this stage of the game, it's how much, personal interaction, like one-on-one Kate time is it? And that's what kind of dictates the price, right? So I have a course on bundles. It's what's considered like mid-tier, I think like $700, right? But people aren't getting access to me. That's how I can keep it that low, right? They can submit questions and I do them. I think it's called asynchronous support, right? I do a private podcast for them. Basically, whenever I'm in the mood, I go and I look at my questions and I answer them, right? But it's like, how much do I want to be able to give? How does it feel really great to me? And it's going to feel great. I know Liz added a whole bunch of live components to her stuff. She still kept the price really low because that's what feels great to Liz. But if Liz ever wants to change it, she can because she's the boss. <laughs> so try stuff out. Yeah, that's really good advice too. And I, yeah, my membership too, like I totally forgot this, but my membership, the mastermind like used to be like $20 bucks? a month. And it was actually when I hired Kate, I remember being like, I can't mm-hmm. like do it at this price anymore. And I remember telling her, Kate was like my first one-on-one coach I hired when we really started going full-time into the business coaching and she helped me close my other business down and like make this pivot and I remember telling her like I feel disappointed every time somebody buys the mastermind because I give them so much and like it just the price after a while I was like it's not what I was wanting I was wanting like a higher level of investment in the community I was wanting people Mm -hmm that were showing up at a higher level. I was wanting not maybe as many people, like I was wanting to kind of change the dynamic and we raised the price to do that. And I think it's just important. Like sometimes you want different things at different times. Like there was a time where I just wanted everybody in there and I wanted to like just as many people as possible. And like, that was the business model and it changed over time. Like as I did more and did more stuff. And now it's interesting because now I'm going back to it where we're doing a high volume low ticket. And of course I want everybody in there at $7 a month for creator camp and all that. So I think just know it's like dynamic and like at different seasons Mm -hmm. of life, you're going to want different things. Like I coach a lot right now with my people, but Matt and I don't have kids and we are home a lot and we don't travel that much. And those things could change in the future. And like, I could have different priorities and switch to an offer that's not so much hands-on faith and maybe we change the price again I don't know so just know it's like you're gonna want your priorities change and I think sometimes your offers change to reflect that and like whatever you pick now just pick what's best for you right now don't try to be like a Mm -hmm. fortune teller and pick the forever price maybe Liz's offer someday will be seven thousand dollars a month I don't know (laughs) you never know (laughs) Liz is like no (laughs) She's like, I, again, I, I think I'm an outlier. I just <laughs> really tuned into myself. I think <laughs> yeah. you never know though. I will say like with my, when I did more high touch experiences, it was like, Oh, first my VIP day, a thousand dollars. Okay. I got that over with. There's no way I'm getting out of bed for a thousand dollars. Okay. 1500. And I did have to push myself, right? Like I, yeah. This, this year in particular, like 2023, 
you know, the year of the $9 offer. Like I've had the $9 offer for almost three years. And like I said, I stole it from Netflix. Netflix started at like seven or $9 or something like that. Like I, I'm, it's not an original idea. <laughs> um, lest you think I came up with $9, uh, it was already there sitting in the bank. Um, <laughs> but you just, I forgot what the hell I was saying. You just go with like, like it feels good to you. It's good. Yeah. What, what, like, what's a price that delights you? Oh, I was going to go on a rant about how I don't think everybody needs low ticket. It's not for everyone. Like I was saying earlier, like, I know I was meant to serve tens of thousands of people. That does not intimidate me to think of myself standing in a room with thousands of people, like, excites me. It doesn't intimidate me at all. So really like just really tuning into yourself and like I've really kind of feel like 2023 business has done everyone a disservice thinking you have to do low ticket. You know, it's the idea of, you know, being on social and I've, I've been on 300 podcasts in three years. This is my fourth call today where I was in front of other people like that is my idea of the perfect business. I love talking. <laughs> I love being seen. If that is not your idea of the perfect business, like maybe you should charge higher and get a more, you know, give a more high touch experience. Uh, a client sounds like crazy to me right now. That's not something I want, but like to touch new people in new countries, that's something I want. So the low price works for me right now. And what do you when, guys- and I don't know, oh, cause sorry, I don't know if Liz did this when she was doing like service space stuff. Cause again, that tends to be higher, but like anytime you get a client or you can even like set in your head, like, okay, the first three clients, it's going to be 300. You know that you're undercharging, but you're building that confidence muscle of seeing what you can do. The next three people, it's going to be 600, right? Like you can raise your price incrementally just because client one was 300 doesn't mean that you can't technically offer the same service for $1,000 a month later. Okay. So I just want to let you know, like, again, this is what I mean by that flexibility of pricing and like, it's okay. And like Liz says, not everyone is cut out for a low ticket and that is perfectly okay. Just like not everyone's cut out for high ticket. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's what I was going to say said... too. Sorry. I feel like right <laughs> now, I feel like right now we're seeing a lot of like low ticket stuff, but I feel like the year before that, it was the year of like charge a bajillion dollars <laughs> and like Andrew coaching. Yeah. And I think like, you got to look at be, sometimes you got to be brutally honest with yourself and be like, what can I over deliver on? Right. And so like, I don't charge $10,000 for coaching packages. Like, I don't think I can over deliver at that price. I think like, I'm going to keep building my skill set, and someday it's definitely possible. Right. And I don't have to, just cause I can't do it now. doesn't mean I can't ever do it. Right. But but looking at what would you like to charge and then what skills would you need to be able to over deliver for clients at that price and then building your skill set up over time um, is something too. And then the way I thought my prices is I just think what's a price where I know they're going to get more value than what they're paying me. Like I know we can over deliver at that price and I feel fairly compensated. I don't feel like, like, uh, I have to like deliver all this coaching now and they're only paying ten dollars a month and like yeah i don't want it there's price there are i respect you a lot liz but you have a volume-based business model right and so and like you're saying it's not for everyone when you don't have volume and you're selling low ticket and you're i've seen a lot of people launch low ticket memberships this year that got very burnt out mm -hmm. because they didn't have the volume in there they didn't have a plan to get the volume in there and then they sold like, you know, 12, all of a sudden they, it's like, well, now I have 12 people in here. I'm making less than a hundred dollars a month. And I promised them the fucking moon and my firstborn child to get them to buy. And now I have to go mm -hmm. on live and I have to edit their stuff and I have to do videos and I have to do creation. Um, and they ended up getting really resentful and burnt out. So you want to make sure like whatever you're pricing at is going to be sustainable that you can actually show up and deliver and not feel depleted and drained, right? I pay a lot of money for team. That's really important to me. It helps me be able to show up and give a lot in the mastermind and do all the coaching and do all the live calls we do all the time. Um, it costs me money, right? It's like, if we weren't charging a certain amount for that offer, I wouldn't be able to pay the team to do the back end, And I would be, I think, drowning because the admin stuff really, really drains me. And so looking at like the sustainability of it, like what do I need? to sustain myself 
and like having a membership or a low ticket that's day in day out like I don't think people realize with the membership stuff people are just like reoccurring revenue and it's like yeah but you're like marketing selling creating content serving people all all year all the time right so just looking at what is the money I need to make to make this sustainable? What do I need to be able to sustain myself to show up the way I want to show up um, and making sure that your offers are, I'm always like, what's best for me is best for all. <laughs> so, Amen. So like recently we mm-hmm. had, I hired somebody to cover some of my coaching calls. Cause I was like, I feel burnt out for the first time in my career. Like I don't, I was like not wanting to coach as much anymore. And I was like, I don't want to continue down this road and like end up resentful and tired and exhausted I was like we have to find a way for me to take a break and now I have a week off basically almost every month to just work on projects and not coach and just kind of have some space to think and that's something I really need right now it might not be forever but just know like you've got to always be looking at keeping it sustainable right because I think if I hadn't been willing to that was a hard call for me to make because it's like I always want to be the one right but being able to make those hard calls of like if I can't make this sustainable for myself, then the offer closes and we serve nobody. So what's best for faith is best for all. <laughs> and that's been a really hard lesson for me this last year. Any other thoughts on like, what do, what do you guys think about the six figure goal? Do you have any advice for people that are trying to get this thing off the ground and they're like, I've got maybe like a little bit of things working, but I've got a long road ahead of me and I want to like have a six figure business. Where do you think is the most important place for people to put their energy in that beginning phase? Obviously email. We got to go fast. I didn't realize we were almost out of time (laughs) because I want to give you guys time. Obviously email. (laughs) Okay. I'll speed talk and then I'll let Kate go. But I think what Faith Mm -hmm. said, something that she said and that was they have no plan for volume. And I don't care if you're just looking for two people or you're looking for 10,000, you have to have a plan for that volume. And for me and probably Kate and probably Faith, my plan is to grow my email list. That's my critical number. That's the only effing thing I think about (laughs) when I turn on my computer is, did I grow my email list today? Is this going to help me grow my Mm -hmm. email list? Dot, dot, dot. So I can hit you know, that volume, whether it's one person or 10,000, it is, I need to grow my email list all the time because I know my email list is going to serve me right. Have a plan for volume, do it with email. That's all all I'm going to say. Yeah, I'm with you. What about you? Statistically speaking, statistically speaking, they're going to buy more from you. So it makes sense. Everyone's like, how did you make seven figures? I made seven figures by focusing on growing my email list. That's why I have a cool, you know, 4,000 people over on Instagram because I wanted to be in front of the people that are most likely to buy. And I wanted to make sure that I actually was getting my message across. And like, I don't know if you looked at like, I'm not saying social media is bad. I'm saying it's like a fun extra. I would never rely on somebody else's algorithm to get there. Cause like you can post the world's like best reel ever. And it shows to like five people and you're like, Damn it. I spent all this time trying to grow it. And like, no one's there. Granted, like your open rate isn't going to be 100%, but like if you follow some best practices, if you follow myself, if you follow Liz, even following Faith, right? Like you're going to learn some best practices to make sure you're not landing in like the actual spam folder. Promotions is fine because people go in there to waste time all the time, right? Which is why your emails are just supposed to be little dopamine hits of stuff to get in there. They don't have to be these big, long novels. Just like Liz says, emails don't have to be novels. I would say four or six figures. And you're going to love this one because it's another mindset thing. Focus on seven figures instead. Kate, why seven figures instead? Because I guarantee you, you're such a chokehold on seeing that comma come in. You're like, I just, I need all those zeros because everyone in my life is telling me I need to have six figures. You're going to put so much pressure on it. You're going to end up self-sabotaging. But all of a sudden, if you're like, a million's never going to happen, you need to take a million's never going to happen from a more fun approach. Because like a million's never going to happen unless... So then all of a sudden you have this, like, unless, right? This is straight from like 10X sales. Cause I love that line. It's like, oh, I'm not going to have six figures unless I'm actively growing my audience every day. Unless I have an offer and I'm telling people about it. I'm not going to do this unless, right? So it starts to get you there, right? So no offense, but like no one necessarily cares about like the font choice that you have on your website. So you don't need to necessarily be fiddling around on that. Um, yes, the words on there do matter. But guys, when I was a copywriter, I had a splash page. It was literally just like, give me your email address. It was the ugliest thing in the world. 
But I had a plan to get out in front of other people that didn't involve them going back to my website. And it worked at the time. It was like Periscope of all things, right? So like, whoo, right? Have a way to get in front of people and get them on your email list because they're more likely to buy. There is less space. Have some time and patience. Again, you might be the person that in three months, you, again, you got that one client, you double, you got the one client, you double, you got one client, you double. And that's awesome. It might take you a little while and that is perfectly okay. Just don't give up. But again, have a plan to get in front of people and have a plan to sell them something and execute on both of those plans. Like that's the key, like no procrastinate planning. It's not going to work. Granted, we don't want to like change our offer in our niche. Like every other day, you got to stick to something for a little bit. So again, to park back to what Liz says, be patient. She went in with the mindset of like, I'm going to give this bad boy like two years to see what happens. And we're going to go with it. But it wasn't just like, oh, you know, I'll let the universe figure it out. No, she actively did the things to get in front of other people. So make it higher or make it whatever number feels better for you. Like it might be instead of like hitting a hundred thousand for some reason, like it just makes you giggle to hit 2000, 2000, like, right. Like pick up like the most randomest string of numbers and go for that one. Yeah, that's really, I think that's really, really great advice. I want you guys to tell everybody where we can stalk you. Tell us if you have exciting free things they can grab. Tell us where can we go be obsessed with you on the internet? You can go first, Liz. Okay. Of course, I'm an email marketer. I'd love for you to join my list. You can go directly to LizWilcox.com. In the top right-hand corner, you can't miss it. There's a hot pink button. You click that, you're going to get an entire welcome sequence, three newsletter uh, examples directly from my $9 a month membership we've been talking about. And if that's not enough, 52 subject lines, because writing from scratch totally sucks. I'm really good at it. So let me do it. LizWilcox.com, hot pink button. Love it. Yeah, you guys have to go get those templates. They're so good. And mm-hmm. I think it does make a big difference. It Everybody's like, how do I get started? And I don't know what to write about. Go get Liz's templates. She'll tell you. <laughs> like, then you don't have to have right. that problem. It's a lot easier to not stare at a blank screen. <laughs> what about you, Kate? 1,000%. So if you're like, oh man, but I wish I actually had people to read those emails or, oh man, I wish I had money to pay that team like Faith had. Then you're going to, then Faith will drop her link here because spoiler alert, she does have an affiliate link to this training. We can head on over to katedoster.com forward slash list. And I am going to show you how you can fill your email list with hundreds, if not thousands of people by posting bundles because I love them. They're my absolute favorite thing to do. And as you notice, now I have like a little bundle army right now. It's like, well, like, aren't you upset that like, oh, so many people are hosting bundles now. People still love them. That's why they work. Like no one's like, oh, summits like, No, they work really well because whether you decide to do one free or paid, and we actually teach you both, we do some bundle boxes, I call it. So if you're going to have a paid one, we tell you which one I think, but ultimately you're the boss. Should you do a free one? Should you do a paid one? We're going to be like, okay, if you have this business goal and this business goal, I think this one's going to work better. You got this one, do that one. So you can head on over to katedoster.com forward slash list. So that way you have some people to talk to. Yeah. And Kate really was like, I feel like the trailblazer on the, I remember you telling me before everybody bundles, like, this is what you need to do. And I was like, okay. And I remember being in yours the first time and you were like, I hope you're ready because like my bundle's coming up and you're going to get all these leads. Like you have your launch ready. And I was just kind of like, yeah, yeah. And I didn't really think much about it. And then I got like, like a thousand subscribers or something the first day. And I was like, it blew my mind. And it's been a huge part of our business model this last year. Like it really, I really don't do a lot of other lead gen besides that. We do like events, we do bundles, we do, we still do summits and stuff. Cause I love, I love also like Liz, (laughs) I'm like, I need to talk in front of people, obviously. (laughs) They're just, they're wicked fun. And you would think like people that decide to go the free route. It's usually, again, a little bit more of the volume, right? Like I need people to talk to you. I need an email list or like, I want to do a big launch, but I've got no one to do. So you decide to do a free one. And like you said, you have like a thousand people or even a couple hundred people. And here's the thing. If the product that you're giving away in the bundle is great. And again, makes sense to what you're going to sell later. It's a complete no brainer. And people are like, Oh, like they tend to stick around. So yeah, our first one was in 2019. So we have been doing them for a very long time. That is the main way that I grow my list. And the reason, again, why the course, because spoiler alert, I do have a course, right? The reason why it's at that mid sort of price point, you know, right around 700 is because it's business changing to go from 400 to 4,000. It's business changing to have your first five figure launch, right? Like 
you do your first paid bundle, it makes anywhere from usually the students are making about 20,000, though I don't make any guarantees. Having a $20,000 launch, like, I don't know about you, Liz, but like, that's what I used to make in a year. And now I'm like making it in a week. Like, that was pretty awesome. It can be business changing. And that's why I love that model because now you've got people to talk to. And now you have people to talk about you because they're like, like Faith, right? Like, I won her over by giving her a thousand subscribers. So now it's like, she's the best. She's the best. And <laughs> I like rising. Like, was it the rising tide or the tide rises all ships? What is it? A rising tide lifts all ships. That's yeah. like my whole mentality. We can all grow together. That's why like Liz and I are friends. We're like, why do you promote Liz's stuff when you guys both talk about email? Because we're both awesome. <laughs> like, duh. I have to tell you really yeah. quick. I was on a panel and the host the other day, Kate, told me, she's like, oh my gosh, Kate Doster was on the panel yesterday. And she was talking about how great you are. And I was like, oh my God, Eden. I love Kate so much. It like really Eden. like, yeah. it made me feel like, I was just like, God, I really love you so much. I was like, Kate's the fucking best, man. <laughs> she's just like that. <laughs> anyway well you guys go follow Kate and Liz they're the best definitely stock their emails I'm like if you guys want to learn how to write good emails like subscribe to people who are good at marketing and Kate and Liz are geniuses at marketing so go follow them stock them be obsessed with them um I'm in a bundle right now we're going to be promoting so watch my emails about that and that's it. I'll see you guys next week. We're here every Thursday. Well, not every Thursday. I would say most Thursdays. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye, everybody. Bye.